0: Warning, this podcast is made for mature audiences. Discussion involving sexual assault, slavery, and more is discussed. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Recording from my mom's kitchen in wonderful Indiana, this is the Jen Green Podcast, powered by the Young Adults Fighting Tobacco Coalition. Tonight we have a laid back episode for everybody. What we are going to be doing is looking at the history of uh, tobacco, big tobacco and tobacco cultivation to give this kind of historical rundown. Uh, All of us uh, on the episode today are are rather enthused about uh, tonight's episode. But uh, before we get into that, uh, let's check in on our hosts. So how are we doing tonight?
2: Jenny, you got this. Go ahead. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's going to be a laid back episode for me, you guys. I'll be honest. Like, I I let you guys know. But for our audience members, um, I just got back from, well, it wasn't today, but like last night essentially saturday night i um went out to party f- with my friend for her bachelorette party um and i stayed out until like 1am so i'm tired i'm super tired but other than that like life is good i'm just tired right now man but it's life is good like like no 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 complaints no huge issues it's it's all good in the hood but i'm tired so <laughs> What about you,
2: Chelsea? Nice, nice. I um, I've been painting all weekend. We're painting our bathroom, so yeah, that's so much fun. It's also my mom's birthday yesterday, so we were celebrating her a little bit. So yeah, just painting and that. My mom's
0: birthday is also coming up, and that's funny that you said you were painting because my friend is um getting into like flipping furniture and she just made her first chair and it looks really good.
2: Oh, that's cool. I've always yeah. wanted to do that. That's pretty cool.
0: I think I would like doing it if I had a certain temperament, but I don't. I really don't <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys ever watch like flea market flip or something like that? A show like that when they flip furniture and you're like, oh I can do that. And you get to doing it and you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, this is how <laughs> How, how can <laughs> I, like I don't need to solve.: Yeah.
1: Oh, that has also been my issue. Um, it's a long story, but essentially, through some way or another, my mom got a television, and we we're going to mount it on the wall, but then she needed to strip off some paint, only to find out that we had wallpaper and three layers of paint on the walls. So then we had to strip all of that. And then we had to strip all the paint off the wood. And then after that, we then had to get all the cracks in the wall and then paint over that, then paint the ceiling. So it we're in like month four of the of the repainting a room. Wow. So that's Dang. that's what they don't show you on like house flippers, or like flipper brothers, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Not the dolphin program, but the house flipping program.
2: Flipper right, they, brothers.
1: They they edit out how it is so time-consuming. But, I mean, it, it's still fun and great, you know, because when you get to the end of it, and you know, if, if you're into huffing paint, I mean, you can have fun with that. I personally <laughs> don't partake in that. But you know, mm. you you can make so much progress on it. But uh, the the house flipper TV shows they they, they are giving you some uh, false advertising.
2: Did you saw all the magic of it? Yeah, never, it, <laughs> never all the
1: magi- it's the Disneyland of home improvements.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: no substance, all um, all spectacle. It's it's miserable. Uh, Speaking of all substance and no spectacle and fake news, um, Madam President Chelsea, would you like to begin with the history of tobacco?
2: Sure, sure. So I have a little timeline I found online. We will have the link in the bio. It's a cool little breakdown of tobacco and our history and just the world. Um, it's really entwined, especially you'll see in the American economy. Um, so yeah, let's just, let's just kind of go through this and we'll discuss as we go. Cause it's kind of interesting. So picture yourself 6,000 BC back in the day day, mm-hmm. uh, Native Americans first started cultivating the tobacco plant. So the tobacco plant was only found in the Americas. That's kind of one of the other reasons it's such an integral part to our economy over generations and generations. Um, these indigenous American tribes started smoking tobacco in religious ceremonies and for medicinal purposes. Uh, this could be the,
1: <laughs> That's staying the up. blue purse.
2: <laughs> yeah, keep that in. For medicinal purposes, which... If you think about it, I mean, it makes sense. They wouldn't know anything about what's wrong with tobacco. It would just calm you and um, kind of relieve your stress. And so let's skip forward to 1492. Probably, I'm guessing, a horrible year. I would not want to live in the 1400s. What do we got? The plague, right? The plagues in the 1400s. Is that too early? So
1: No, that's too late. So that's uh... the... Late. Okay, so audience, here's a quick rundown. I have an encyclopedic knowledge <laughs> of boring stuff from political science class.
2: Yay. Y'all
1: college students listening to this? Y'all college students? I was the tutor for political science at the, uh, at the two-year public uh, college I went to. From that class... I I just soaked in that information. And I became the most boring person in an entire (laughs) lecture hall.
2: I know so
1: much. I know so much stuff. I have so much stuff in here about the economic practices of the United States for the last 300 years. It's unbelievable. Dang. It's so unbelievably boring. But man, you know, it's 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 really interesting. It's really interesting. But um, I also have some knowledge on uh, world history at the time. So this was right after the Reconquista uh, where all the Jews and Muslims were kicked out of Spain. So, um, you know, the the Spanish royalty had some extra money. So they decided to finance some Italian guy named Chris to sail the sea, to go to China. But he didn't find China nor Japan. But he uh, he found this wonderful island that we now call Cuba and killed everyone there.
2: <laughs> and somehow we celebrated him for years.
1: And we celebrated History. him for years, yes.
2: Didn't Italian even discover American,
1: America. Italian-American icon, yes. What about him?
2: Oh, gosh. Well, in 1492, he first encounters dried tobacco leaves. And I put this next part in quotations because they were given to him as a gift by the American Indians, quote unquote. Um, We all know what really happened. Um, I mean, I guess we don't really know what happened, but we can assume that this was just not given necessarily. Um, They were probably pillaged and taken um, because Chris was not a good man. I don't think so.
1: (laughs) I, like, again, I wasn't there. But, I mean, let's look at this guy's track record. (laughs) I mean, I feel as if the tobacco leaves were were given to the conquistadores uh, the same way that... um, I've been playing uh, too many video games recently, so this example's on my mind. But the same (laughs) way that, like, a drug dealer just gives a policeman, all of his material. And I was like, yeah, bro, here you go. Here you go. You know? And it's just a totally, you know, peaceful interaction, you know, where everyone wins and no one dies. Right? You know? Yes. That's, that's what I learned from history anyway, you know? That
2: everyone exchange, was happy. Yeah. And in yeah, exchange, probably. Chris brought disease. So, it's well, like... You
1: know, it's, it's the perfect. art of the deal, dude. It's the art of the deal, you know.
0: Can I can I just take a second to like I know yeah, we're already ripping cool. on him, but like I want to rip on him even more I have like an article from Vox that I just looked up real quick and it's got nine reasons why he's like a murderer, tyrant, scoundrel. Um but I want to do like a quick like viewer discretion is advised warning. So okay, so now that you have been forewarned, um, here's why he's and I don't like to curse on this podcast. But <laughs> oh no! He, well,
2: we're not supposed to do that. I,
1: no, I'm not no, sure. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine.
0: I'm not sure. It's just me personally, but like Chris has a special place in my heart. So when I say he's a piece of shit, he is, and <laughs> I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Because oh gosh, so yeah he let's just go down this list from vox real quick so and what's nice about this this i love this as a i have my ba in history you guys i love that they actually took like primary sources and put them in this article and like it's truly like it's it's sad reading this but it's it's all true because we have primary sources indicating that it's true so christopher the first one chris he kidnapped a woman and gave her to a crew member to rape and the article itself includes a very um descriptive account of what basically happens and it's just sad and then the second part like on Hispaniola, a member of Columbus's crew publicly cut off an Indian's ear to shock others into submission. Okay, that's the first and second. He enslaved more than a thousand people on his Hispaniola. And I hope I say that. I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm saying that right. You're fine. So I'm saying You're it wrong. Fine.
1: I'm not I'm not going to be annoying about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: let's see. He also forced them to collect gold for him, or else, you know, they would die um about fifty thousand indians committed mass suicide rather than comply with the spanish okay um and that's just you know that's just a few of them let me see settlers under columbus they sold like nine and ten year old girls into sexual slavery so and i know there's like this thing can't remember what it's called but i'll probably remember it later in the podcast where it's like you can't well, you can, technically. Because they knew rape was wrong back then, and they knew murder was wrong back then, but they still did it. But They, like,
1: they, just, they just didn't care. I was like, yeah, yeah. whatever, they're natives.
0: Yeah, they, they didn't care. And it's, yeah. So he is a really bad guy. And to think that we were... Worshipping him? Yeah. Like, we, we have been worshipping him when we shouldn't. And in fact, he actually never even touched... Physically down on the North American continent, it was all like technically the Cuba, um, Puerto Rico. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where he landed. He never found America. He found those areas. So he is. We are wrongfully um, celebrating him, and I hope that we he goes down and forever in the rest of history as a sob. So that's that's just a little bit about him that i just wanted to rag on him because it's fun and it's true <laughs>
2: thank you, people, for, you know.
1: thank you for your insight my my well-learned history uh, ba friend i'm gonna derail this whole thing because you know why <laughs> we've been really why? negative with this whole anti-columbus point i mean it's true and it's valid you know i think i think the native peoples here would be a lot better if if Columbus's boat just sank. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, let's be real here. He's worshipped in the U.S. because at one time we had a bunch of Italian immigrants coming in and they wanted a better time naturalizing. You know, they wanted to be treated with the dignity and respect that we give U.S. citizens. So, you know, they, they made that myth of, of Columbus being some Nation builder, though he was, he was more good at um, slavery and and murder. But you know, you know who is a local hero to the Italian community?
0: Is it you, Johnny?
1: No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a human But you know who is a a local giant to the Italian community? If you live in Ohio or Indiana, Chef R D Okay, this guy is an American hero. He started his own small restaurant and through grit, skill, good financial planning and hard work, he achieved that American dream and then sold his sauce in cans. I personally signed the petition... To bulldoze the statue of Christopher Columbus in Columbus, Ohio, and replace it with Chef Boyardee. Because oh, that's he amazing. Is from, he is from Little Italy, Columbus. So that's only right, you know? Thoughts?
0: johnny i've had a can of chef boyardee in my kitchen cabinet and it's been sitting there for a while and you've made me hungry enough to eat that so thank you
1: (laughs) but you know like without just the jokey part like is that a way better example of like what we at least what our culture says are american values than just some italian guy who murdered people
2: for sure. He's right, been feeding right. family for generations like yeah.
1: but he also, you know, he sold his pasta and made that paper, okay? okay. <laughs> that is the
2: American paper. dream.
1: You know, I can't I can't blame him. You know, he had a vision and he had you know, the gumption to do it and achieve that American dream and now he'll get <laughs> and now, hopefully, one day, Little Italy District in, in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> will have a massive statue of Chef Boyardee. And you know what? That's progress. That's what progress looks like. That's that's progressive patriotism right there. Because, you know, as, as a proud, God-fearing American, you know, we, we need uh, Chef Boyardee statues in every Little Italy. <laughs>
2: That's the America I want my kids to grow up in. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: <laughs> we, you know, we we love this country so much. We want to make it better. And you know how we make it better? Chef boyardi statues. <laughs> All right, thank you. Let's go on to the next point before we get <laughs> to another ten-minute derailment.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now um, Europeans are being introduced to tobacco. Um, This is the same year, 1492. Obviously, Chris brings that back to Europe and that starts to spread. So by 1531, Europeans try to cultivate tobacco in Central America. They're trying to spread it so they can get more of it because you see, by 1531, they are already addicted and they already want more. See how that works? Interesting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> now nah, it must be nothing bro it must be nothing
2: there's nothing it's there's nothing. nothing in there so next by 1558 the first attempt to uh, tobacco cultivation in europe failed because in europe they do not have the climate nor the i'm assuming the soil to handle tobacco because that is a pretty harsh um i would say it's a pretty harsh uh crop to grow as far it as i know
0: it it is it um if you try to grow anything on that soil after you have planted tobacco, you have to wait until the soil like reneutral like you re-neutral- have to wait, I think three about three years. years. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um that's the word I was looking for. I just wasn't sure how to say it, Johnny, but thank you. Um oh, absolutely. But uh yeah, this like the soil gets absolutely ruined and then it has you have to wait it out. Um, and that's why in certain countries that grow tobacco, um, it kind of, it kind, it kind of sets them up for failure, especially countries who aren't as economically sound as America, because they'll try to like grow food on it, and they have to wait, and that that could be, that could make a huge difference in their economy just by waiting for their soil to get back to normal after growing tobacco so and then it cuts down a lot of trees too so to like grow that stuff although european didn't really have a lot of trees to begin with anyway but i digress
2: but still and like dang imagine like what it did to their groundwater too like the runoff and stuff the toxins Mm -hmm. that went in because that happens a lot in agriculture that sucks.
1: I'm going to add to another point so we can pander to our rural audience. Um, <laughs> uh, this is actually uh, what usually happens with uh, tobacco growing countries. So the U.S. is an exception. We're so big and spread out. We have so much food to grow. We're fine. We're never, ever going to run into the issue of monocropping. Mm-hmm. Um. The example I have on mind is because it's in the news a lot, but Cuba. um, Cuba has had that issue of monocropping. They only kicked it within the last 30 years. But um, let me see. Up until the 50s, uh, all that you could really grow in Cuba was either sugar or tobacco after the fifties, all you could grow was either sugar or tobacco and maybe they would bring in like some heavy industry and like start developing uh, like commercial food. So just the regular household stuff. It was only until like the nineties to 2000 (laughs) that people, you know, there was finally that political gumption to go and, uh, shift almost entirely to organic food so what what happens is that um this is actually called in other countries dutch disease so when you have an economy over reliant on one resource let's say if there's a fluctuation in the market for like sugar or tobacco your entire country's going to sink so you know i'm glad we don't have this issue in our country but that is the situation for most of South and Central America. Yeah. So, yeah, one more thing to be glad about.
2: That's crazy. Yeah, That's
1: it, it shaped, tobacco shapes whole countries.
2: And, like, the agriculture in general, like, how it shapes an economy. And, yeah, tobacco mm-hmm. is a staple crop. That's crazy. It happens in the Americas a little bit. Like, we'll, we'll talk about that. Let, let's let's see. Let's go ahead and go on to 1571. This is when people start getting wise. <laughs> uh, European doctors. Well, actually, no. You know what? No, I'm a liar. This is when people are still dumb. Um, <laughs> sorry, everyone. You were you uh, getting,
1: getting too impatient. I get it. You know,
2: I was like, come on, 1571. That's got to be the year they realize it. But no, not yet. No, instead, they're like, European doctors start publishing works on the health properties of the tobacco plant. (laughs) They claim it cures, like, a myriad of diseases from, like, toothache to lockjaw and cancer. And if you don't know what lockjaw is, I'm assuming most of you do. But if you don't, it's caused by tetanus. um, And basically, it's the spasm of jaw muscles that causes the mouth to remain tightly closed. So uh, make sure and get that tetanus shot so you're not prescribed uh, tobacco, apparently.
0: I don't wanna I don't wanna go off topic, but I heard of this one story um where these anti-vaccination parents their kid had like tetanus and the simple solution was to give them the vaccine, but instead they went like eight hundred thousand dollars in debt, like choosing other alternative um help for their kid and i feel so bad for it but that's sorry off topic but i just wanted to mention that i i feel so sorry for that kid
2: could not imagine having tetanus that has got to be like the worst thing you could possibly get like it's my deepest fear. i remember being a kid and like seeing a rusty nail and like i'm vaccinated but i would still be like oh god stay away from the rusty nails
0: (laughs) yeah it's terrifying Tetanus is no joke, but anyway, I digress.
2: <laughs> it's in the ground, it's everywhere. Yeah, tetanus, no joke. Get your vaccines. I'm going back to people, please get your vaccines. Please, please, please. Pretty please. okay. <laughs> Pretty please. So we're into 1600. We've made it to 1600, guys. Let's see. So tobacco is used as a cash crop. Basically, that means that it's a monetary standard that lasts twice as long as the gold standard. So tobacco is now worth a lot, and people are using it as kind of like cash. It's basically it. 1602, however, King James I condemns tobacco in his treaty. Ooh-hoo-hoo. He condemned it back in 1602. Who knew that King James had something right?
1: I I, would, um, I also want to back this up. This is when like we gave uh like boring historical documents good names. Like like read <laughs> out read out this, this <laughs> treatise. Read it out.
2: I know, I wasn't going to say the name, but I A should. After
1: blast to tobacco. We need to <laughs> name our episodes that. That that's what this is going up in the air as now.
2: Oh okay. yes. I love it. It's like the perfect name. Counterblaster like Tobacco. I like but that. But King James I, he he's got that going now. He's got his treaty out, but that doesn't stop people. No, in sixteen fourteen, tobacco shops opened across Britain, selling the Virginia blend of tobacco, and everyone knows that Virginia blend is apparently really good. 1624 this is kind of a random one but i thought it was interesting um popes banned the use of tobacco in holy places so like the pope um they considered snuff too close to sexual pleasures so i don't know what that's that's tobacco, but
1: i mean that that's fair you know if the pope said it i mean that that at least makes sense you know
2: you gotta listen to the pope man
1: right you know
2: not always but <laughs> depending on who, what he, you guys he,
1: believe i mean he
2: some popes are all right they're, <laughs> they're, better. He they're getting good, better he had
1: a good call on that one that was a good, a good call on that one yeah
2: it's a good choice good choice so now the early 17th century you know early 1600s i feel like i always have to say that because the 17th century thing always doesn't make sense to me Um, (laughs) scientists and philosophers were discovering the consequences that smoking tobacco had on their lives including difficulty with breathing and trouble with quitting Hmm, wonder what that could mean and in 1632 Massachusetts passed a state law making smoking public illegal smoke well here I am again smoking in public illegal they made smoking in public illegal this was the earliest legislation recorded regarding tobacco Massachusetts, you gotta love them Bostonians. <laughs> now we're on to 1633. Um, Turkey introduces a death penalty for smoking. Um, like, wow, death penalty. Um, but you know doesn't...
1: they got the right idea. You know, <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta start young. You gotta start young. Lead by example.
2: You know? They're like, well, if smoking doesn't kill you, we will. <laughs> you know, but isn't that you know,
1: like if I was some dude living in Istanbul at that time, and we got some royal edicts saying, because uh, the the thing about it is that Turkey at that time was the head, uh, the head of state of Turkey was the high caliph of Islam. So that's essentially, um, if. If the caliph, you know, which is essentially the pope for Muslims, if he says, if he makes it so that in Turkey, you die, I think that pretty much covers the entire Muslim world. And but I mean, it makes sense. You know, there are bans on liquor and other intoxicants in Muslim countries. It's weird how how the hardcore like religious establishment were the first people to notice it was something up. But, you know, and they went a bit extreme, but, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense. Perfect sense.
2: Yeah, it really does. I mean, especially back in the day, I feel like it was extreme or or nothing. <laughs> like, it was either the death penalty or nothing.
1: Right. You know, that that was the motto of the third crusade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I don't want to say unfortunately, <laughs> Does't sound good, but it doesn't la- stay in effect. this uh, this introducing the death penalty for smoking in Turkey that is uh, lifted in 1647. so that doesn't last very long. about 14 years. Um, and by 1650 tobacco arrives in Africa and European settlers grow it and use it as currency. This means by 1700 and this is a trigger warning um, African slaves are forced to work on tobacco plantations years before they become a workforce in cotton fields wow
1: yeah i mean that's like it's terrible and miserable (laughs) but that was the reality of the transatlantic slave trade yeah yeah so sad it's
2: um 1730 the first american tobacco company opens up their doors in virginia virginia the headquarters of tobacco apparently sorry for anyone who lives in virginia um, and then we're going to get into the interesting stuff. In 1776, tobacco is used by American revolutionaries as collateral for the loans they were getting from France. So tobacco yeah. really, really ingrained itself into our history. Oh, absolutely.
1: It's, it's interesting to note, Jenny, I think you should back me up on this. But when when we're thinking about the, uh, the American War of Independence, hmm you can't you can't think of it when when you see those those beautiful paintings of uh, Washington crossing the Delaware, or you know uh, of the early U.S. flag flying, you cannot think of it as as the U.S. now like that. That's what many of us can just immediately assume that that's just our idea. But this was before the revolution. Uh, this was before the industrial revolution. So people were extremely poor so it's even crazier to imagine um like oh yeah back in the day you know we we produced cotton uh tobacco and uh lumber and that's all we got and if you tax us too hard we'll (laughs) throw a fit and kill you and you know that's that's just what life was for like A few thousand years I mean I'm glad we got over that because you know many I mean smart men you know there's once a genius man who sent bombs to airports who said that quote the industrial revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race and I mean he's right on some points certainly not the sending bombs to people but you know I mean, overall, with the bad parts, I really like stuff like air conditioner and like clothing. You know, I I like that. I have a I live in a more diverse economy than just wood, tobacco, and cotton.
2: None of which is edible. (laughs) Like, if you think about it,
1: edible. I know. Back when I, you know, as I, the former smoker, can attest to, tobacco is not edible. Huh.
0: Another thing too, and I should have like remember this when we were talking about like how slaves had to you know take care of the tobacco plants, but there's such a thing as grain tobacco sickness, and that's a type of nicotine poisoning that occurs while you're handling the tobacco plants. So it it happened back then and it's still happening today, and people, you know have said like, it's still even happening to child workers even in america they'll work on the tobacco plants and they'll get sick they won't technically die but they can get really really sick because what happens is they'll be touching working with the tobacco plant and sure sometimes they wear protective equipment on their hands but that wears down and then they're touching this plant and they get nicotine on their bodies and then that nicotine gets you know absorbed through their skin and then they get they can get sick through it. Um so that that still happens today. We've you know there's unfortunately it still happens today even in America where like workers and even like child laborers who are working on a tobacco farm they can get really sick from that so just wanted to bring that up too because that's that's something that shocked me that i didn't first know about before i started working in tobacco control um but yeah that is a thing so just keep that in mind too of how many people have gotten sick from having to take care of a a tobacco plant it's sad
1: this is like the worst episode we've done yet. Like, we covered all the worst <laughs> topics. We got dying child labor. We got slavery. We got genocide, you know. I'm so oh. glad we're handling this. While, like, one person's throat is hoarse, one of us is asleep, and the other <laughs> one is just trying to make this work. It's, it's wonderful.
0: I'm sleeping beauty.
1: <laughs> Something like
2: that oh gosh for sure for sure this is this is a rough episode whenever you look at history though it's always kind of rough if you think about it yeah good but you learn you learn a lot and like we'll learn a lot about tobacco even more even more just buckle up guys we're only halfway through oh no um, so in 1791 this is when people are like, hey, finally, people are like, hey, there's something there's something going on with this tobacco stuff because uh, British doctors find that snuff, you know, tobacco leads to increased risk of nose cancer. Hmm. Very interesting.
1: No way, dude. No way, dude. It's just all <laughs> fake. All fake. No connection.
2: Fake news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then in 1794, the first American tobacco tax is created. We had no taxes were coming. And this, we're skipping all the way to 1847. And this is when Philip Morris, the international tobacco company, first opened their doors, their their shop in Great Britain. And one of the things that they sold were um, Turkish cigarettes. Uh, we keep on going on to 1861. And the first American cigarette factories are opening, um, producing 20 million cigarettes. 20 million cigarettes in 1861. Isn't that kind of crazy? Mm-hmm. Were there even 20 million people in America? Like, <laughs> that's insane. Um, 1890, American Tobacco Company opens its doors for the first time. And then 1902, Philip Morris finally finds its way to selling cigarettes in the U.S. And one of the brands offered is Marlboro. And I'm sure you've all heard of this. Uh, little brand. You've seen it over in your gas stations. It's still in existence. Uh, let's see here. 1912, the first reported connection between smoking and lung cancer. More and more doctors are like, hey, there's something up here. Uh, then 1918, we're going to delve into this a little bit more later on, but an entire generation of young men returned from war addicted to cigarettes. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. Why? In 1924, over 70 billion cigarettes are sold in the U.S. 70 billion cigarettes. Wow. 1925, Philip Morris starts marketing to women, tripling the number of female smokers in just 10 years. Well, again, delve a little bit deeper into this in a little bit. Let's do it. I mean, there's a lot to delve into. Especially some highlights for this timeline here, but in 1947, L'Oreal, uh, L'Oreal, blah blah blah, blah L'Oreal.
1: Either either you say L'Oreal or L'Oreal.
2: Oh my god, I'm so tired. What's wrong with me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I'm the tired one, Chelsea. We're you're like the background. You know when flip we flip. said
1: when we said that. Um, that this, you know, that we're gonna derail a lot, you know. <laughs> this is the part it's like this one video I watched. It was this like bus driving safety video after some dude who was driving like a school bus in Colorado, um, was <laughs> hit by a train and killed 30 children.
2: Oh my like, god, like, we
1: derailed this vehicle and like flipped over a bus, you know. It's okay. This is the this is the train wreck episode. It, it'll be <laughs> saved in editing. We'll 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 save it in editing like it's Star Wars. Don't worry.
2: Uh, or we'll just leave it all <laughs> train wreck be
1: Like this is the video where the audience goes and it's like, oh yeah, they're going crazy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they lost it. The <laughs> tobacco got to them. Man, Ray got them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, you
0: guys should check out the Man Ray meme that I made on our social media if you haven't given us a follow and a like.
2: I think I saw it. I hope I did. It was was the one comparing us, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I liked that one a lot.
0: Good. (laughs) I was inspired by you.
2: (laughs) Made my day. I was like, oh, that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I guess we should go back, huh? 1947, a Laura Lard chemist admits that there is enough evidence that smoking can cause cancer. By oh 1947. Took, what, 400 years? Something like that? <laughs> but why
1: did it take, like, 20...
2: Almost. Well, twenty thousand years? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Oh my god. Um, people really like cigarettes and the tobacco industry was really good at hiding their secrets, I think.
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't say... You know, this was like the 50s. So, you know, maybe things were just so truly different. I can't be a cynic defeatist all the time. You know, I'm, I have too much, I, I have too much faith in, in my boy, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But, you know, I would not at all be surprised that, um, for 20 years, whenever a, a Congress, member would go up and say it's like hey i think uh we have some information that uh might lead to us uh regulating the tobacco industry they got like a note at their table that i was like hey don't do this again or um you'll be sleeping with the fish like (laughs) i i would not not at all be surprised by that because i mean that's like kind of how our country works now but I don't know. Maybe really back then in the day, it was, it was different. I wouldn't know. I wasn't alive. My father wasn't even conceived back then.
2: (laughs) I could see like that happening more, honestly, like them getting away with that more, you know, like now lobbyists are kind of just like out in the open about it. You have to be technically legally. Um, but back then I could definitely see more of this corruption kind of going on. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm too much of an optimist, thinking that we're better now. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could be seen both ways, I suppose. Yeah. But I guess the good stuff is happening because in 1964, the Surgeon General's <laughs> report on smoking tobacco was released. Um, this shined a light on the serious health effects cigarettes were causing. Uh, The report also allowed the government to initiate the regulation of the production and sales of cigarettes. So finally, there's some regulation on tobacco products. Finally, finally, finally. And in 1967, the Surgeon General definitively links smoking to lung cancer and presents evidence that it's also causing heart problems. So it took till the 1960s. (laughs) I mean, it
1: took just a bit. Just a bit. But you know, Now that we have this information, we can, you know, we went and just showed it to Big Tobacco, right?
2: Oh, yeah. And then they just um, went at that with, you know, a bunch of marketing saying, we're fine, we're fine. Technically, though, in 1970, tobacco manufacturers are legally obliged to print a warning label um, that shows that smoking is a health hazard. So... At least in 1970, they're supposed to have it on the packaging. But this obviously doesn't stop tobacco companies into doing a bunch of advertising, which goes from 1970 to 1990, because guess what happens? Tobacco companies face a series of lawsuits, like a ton of lawsuits, um, and courts begin to limit their advertising and marketing. So at least some repercussions are happening now. And then in 1992, the nicotine is introduced. Um, in the following years, more secession pro prod- see again secession products will start being That's developed.
1: In.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm accepted it's now. Like I've messed up so much. That
1: looms overview at every time <laughs>
2: because,
1: like, you realize as I am the editor, I have <laughs> to hear my voice, and you know, I sound this like I'm Christopher Walken's like little cousin. <laughs> So, you know, every time I hear you slip up, and it's like, oh, thank God that's not me.
2: <laughs>
1: it's the same way with you, Jenny, since I'm going to bully you too on this, you know. Oh, gosh. That, you know, I, I embarrass <laughs> myself all the time, but now you guys are taking that steam off me,
2: you know? <laughs> oh, glad to be doing it. <laughs> We're all perfect. Just we have our little slip ups every once Absolutely. in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to 1996 um, evidence that tobacco damages a cancer suppressor gene so there's that link to cancer again and in 1997 I actually had never heard of this tobacco company before is it Legit? Legit? Leggette? I don't know
1: <laughs> Leggette? Uh, you know uh, the Italian
2: too <laughs> Whatever that company's name is, Uh, Ligate. (laughs) Guys, I'm tired. I'm sorry. Um, Anyway, Um, their tobacco company issues a statement acknowledging that tobacco causes cancer and carries a considerable health risk. So finally, they're admitted to this. Um, And tobacco companies during the same year are facing a lot of major lawsuits. And they're ordered to spend billions of dollars on anti-smoking campaigns over the next 25 years, predominantly focusing on educating the young on the dangers of smoking. Which I found this fact really interesting because, um, so Big Tobacco, they're responsible for paying for anti- anti-smoking campaigns. Have you guys heard of this? What? Yeah. I guess there's a lawsuit that happened in 1997 that tobacco companies are ordered to like spend billions of dollars on anti-smoking campaigns.
1: I mean, that's pretty good. Now I'm going to stop you right there because one of the things about it, it's sort of like, um, again, I don't mean to like, uh, in any way, give so much of a slant you know, we're all entitled to our own beliefs and opinions. I'm not I'm not here to crap on anyone, but it's sort of like when I think it must have been like Chicago. Oh, no, I think it was LAPD and they investigated themselves. And I was like, don't you worry. After investigating all of our deputies, we can confirm that none of them are um, in any deputy gangs. And I was like, that's so cool what did you do with your investigation uh, well they all they did was like sign some papers and ask someone if they were part of a gang and that was it so what what i fear what i fear <laughs> is um i mean that that's pretty cool but now the what i'm getting to is that uh i'm really glad that's the case but knowing big tobacco they're going to go like here have like Three dollars and some chewing gum for your next anti-tobacco <laughs> campaign. Have fun, kids. They'll they'll shortchange you like you're trading in a game at GameStop.
0: <laughs> hey, GameStop is all right. So, but yeah, they do. I mean, it's a
1: wonderful stock investment, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
2: That's funny. Oh my gosh. That makes sense then. Cause I was like, I have never heard of this in my entire life, but it makes sense. They're just doing it themselves. So are they actually doing it? Quote unquote. Um, who really knows? Like all
1: three, all $3. Woo. (laughs) Those $3 Big Tobacco gives for the anti-tobacco campaign. They're going to give it to one college student who goes and prints off anti-tobacco material at the local library like how I do with printing out the political material I give out every Sunday when I do food distribution. <laughs> they're going to get one guy in one town to do it. And then boom, That that's how we end smoking. That's how we win guys. And we beat that's, big tobacco.
2: That's how we win. I just realized, I just thought about this. I know what they're doing. I know what they're spending their billions of dollars on. They're saying, yeah, smoking cigarettes is bad. So you should vape.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I can see
2: that. I could definitely see that switch there. Maybe. Possibly. Who knows? Yeah, most likely. We need to do more research into that one. That would be interesting to research into. But anyway, 1997 was a really, really big year because something else happens in 1997. Um, For the first time in the history of a tobacco company, the CEO, his name was uh, Bennett LeBeau. He admits on trial that cigarettes and related tobacco products cause cancer. So finally, the company the company CEO himself admitted that these products cause cancer. So that was a big, big deal. And then from 1990 to 2000, bans on public smoking came into effect in most states in America, as well as in many other countries in the world. So public smoking was a no-no after 2000 for most part. Um, and today... Cigarettes now contain even more harmful ingredients than before, and the tobacco industry has drastically increased their marketing strategies, targeting new and diverse populations, including children. Wow. Not so we've nice. come a long way, I guess.
1: What are some some observations? Let let's break that let's break that down.
2: I mean,
0: one quick observation that I have, especially for vapes specifically, is jewel has like they sent a representative to the school for like a special like day they were having i don't know what what it was called but essentially this jewel representative when he was left alone in the classroom with the kids he was giving them this message of oh jewel is like completely safe for you but we don't want you to do it but it's like completely safe just for adults you guys are kids so we don't want you to do it and then here's, here's the part too because you had two kids actually testify in front of Congress about what had happened to them and one of the kids was like you know my friend went up to this jewel representative and was like hey you know I'm, I think I'm addicted to nicotine what would you recommend and the jewel representative was like oh you should start vaping instead of smoking
1: just hit that vape bro Yeah, smoke that shit dude <laughs> then you get off of your tobacco, and you'll just get hooked on vape, bro.
0: Yeah, but 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 like, here's the thing though, the fr- the friend who talked with the Juul representative, he didn't specify what he what type of tobacco product he was using. But in fact, what this kid was using was a Juul device. So essentially,
1: dun,
0: dun, dun. yeah, like the the Juul representative, he played himself essentially because. Yeah. So that's that's what just that that's just like one way they've targeted children. But that's like such a concrete fact. Like it's it's been documented. It's it's bad. So they they target a lot of people, including children and like African Americans, the LGBTQ plus community. It's and it's it's really sad that they target these people and it works. Like it totally works because you know, you don't think that this company that is helping to promote your community or your culture or whatever, like you don't think you want to believe that they have your best interest in heart, but really they just want to profit off of you getting addicted to their product. So it's sad.
1: Well, I'm adding on to that too, because I feel like you were were painting it with too much of a, a naive light to as just as a as a light criticism for it, it's more like people who want to make their communities better, who want to go, especially for underprivileged groups. Um, the people who were the first to give out money mm-hmm. for these projects, folks, believe me, folks, they weren't the local banks. They weren't the local businesses they weren't the whatever these were tobacco lobbies and the moment the moment you would you would think to turn around and kind of address tobacco abuse in in your community it's it's done folks and that moment all this money and investment from for like more more benign things like uh Uh, Community renewal projects, um, low interest loans and the like. The moment you start kind of steering away from Big Tobacco's playbook, they get you hooked on their money and then they kick you off of it. And it's terrible. You know, it's they keep our communities addicted by keeping us addicted to their money. So that we can stay addicted to their poison. And I think you mean addicted,
0: addicted to their products, not their money.
1: Well, it, at least with the example of like this is what has been happening to uh, minority groups.
0: Oh so they, wait, they
1: would go the only grants for for some projects. Uh, tobacco would always be their first thing to give out money and loans and stuff, oh, and that's. Okay that I, yeah. I got you so, i like
0: i totally thought you would like misspoke or something like that but i get what you're saying now i'm like wait yeah. y- you can't be a addic- well you can't be addicted to <laughs> someone's money but i yeah i thought you were talking about something else
1: no you're fine you're fine it's yeah it's it's just nasty it's so mm-hmm. many layers of slime ball and nasty guys are our, our wonderful listeners are our, our gen greeners Are greens. Like, if you ever grew up with Captain Planet, this is what a Captain Planet villain is. (laughs) This is, like, cartoonishly evil. And they get away with it. Okay? We can do so much better. We can even disagree on all the ways that we could make it better. But, like, right now, from all of our different standings and positions, we can we can all kind of look and just see how cartoonishly evil big tobacco is and how we have to fight it so that we can, where we live better.
2: Well put Johnny. I completely agree. I feel like this is is a good place. We're at a good place now and we're about to delve back into the history and it's going to go back to a bad place and I feel bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rust and pepperoni. (laughs) Man.
2: I guess, I guess we should talk about some of the highlights in the timeline. There's only a few, but they are important. So, going back into the history. We've talked about the Revolutionary Rule. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? Ah, blah, blah, blah. That's
1: staying <laughs> in that's,
2: like that's like a combo. Oh gosh. Okay, <laughs> let me get back here. Revolutionary War. We talked about this a little bit, but this is really when tobacco becomes, like, an integral part to our economy. Um, During this time, war and tobacco go hand in hand. And in 1776, it's used by the revolutionaries, like we talked about. Um, They exchanged tobacco with France in order to get money and, like, guns and supplies from France in order to fight the Revolutionary War. After which we got our independence, um, we became basically, um, what's the word, dependent on tobacco, especially for our new economy. It was a huge part of it. And then let's fast forward, what, another couple hundred years and we're in the first and second world wars. Cigarettes come to the height of their popularity because during this time, tobacco companies send millions, I mean millions of packs of cigarettes to soldiers on the front lines. Creating hundreds of thousands of faithful and addicted consumers in the process. They literally gave this stuff to the soldiers on the front lines in the hopes. I mean, they had to know by then that it was addictive, it had addictive properties. And by giving this to the soldiers in their sea rations, like the rations that came with food and supplements, they gave them the cigarettes along with it. And this is really when the epidemic started. I I mean, it's been around for hundreds and hundreds of generations, but imagine like generations of men coming back from war addicted to cigarettes. It makes sense why it becomes such a bad epidemic here in the United States. And really all across the world. And then we get to women's rights. And this is, this is really, really messed up. Um, in the ni- I mean, all of it's really, really messed up. All of it's really messed up. But in the 1920s, this is a period we all know when women were trying to get their independence. They were trying to get equality. They were trying to get voting rights. Um, this was also a time that when tobacco companies kind of worked on this and marketed heavily to women, creating brands such as Mild as May. Mild as May, wow. wow. Trying to feminize the product and have it itself yeah we want to be mild as may everybody um can, and
0: the I, inter- number- can I interject okay. real quick because like tobacco companies are still doing this today in countries where women are starting to get more um, rights and economic freedom and political power stuff like that they'll advertise like cigarettes as like oh you know show how independent you are by smoking a cigarette and in france it's really bad like women are still very addicted to cigarettes and it's sad because it, it takes such a toll on their health like you can't you know you can't successfully continue to insert your actual independence and your you know, money and your political rights in your country if, you know, you're sick all the time from tobacco. So it's sad. It's still going on today. So I just wanted to point that out too.
2: Yes, it, re- it does. It still happens today. You can see it, like you said, in Jenny, in like countries where women are trying to get their independence and their equality. And like during the 1920s, during this time when women are trying to get those rights, Edward Bernays is a man who developed the torches of freedom campaign. Guys, do yourself a favor and look this up on Google. Tortures of freedom. It's crazy. The images are insane. And basically, this phrase was used to encourage women smoking by exploiting their aspirations for a better life during the 20th century uh, feminism in the United States. Oh Cigarettes God. were used to describe, at like were described as symbols of a ina- net emancipation and equality with men so like smoking cigarettes you're just like the men folk who smoke also you're just as equal and it's your torch of freedom it's super super sad and the number of female smokers i mean it works because the number of female smokers in the united states is tripled by 1935 wow yeah crazy 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 And so we go on to our history of smoking hazards. We kind of talked about this as we went through the timeline, but just in general, dangers associated with nicotine are nothing new. Ever since people started smoking, there were those, I don't want to say smart enough, but those hmm, that caught on quick enough to suggest that the habit is dangerous and addictive. In the early 17th century, a Chinese philosopher um, I'm going to I got it. Bro. The name I'm, do it. I'm, uh, I'm
1: actually transferring out to San Francisco. So I'll be starting my Chinese courses in a few months. But it's yiji. Fong Yi Fang yes.
2: Fong Yi Yi. Fong Yi Okay, cool. Yeah. Fong Yi pointed out the dangers of smoking and noted that it caused scorched lungs. Scorched lungs, guys. That's insane. And this is in the 17th century. And then 17th around 17th, the same Don't time, worry about it. It's got it's got to be nothing. Your lungs are on fire, but whatever. (laughs) And then Sir Francis Bacon, the maker of the scientific method himself, uh, noticed that there was something very addictive about tobacco in 1610 and saying that it's a really tough habit to kick. And people back then did not know about the addictive nature of nicotine or that nicotine was even a component of tobacco. But Bacon, he was like, hey, there's something going on here. This don't seem right. And in Britain, um, when was this? In 1761, snuff users were warned about the dangers of nose cancer. We kind of talked about this earlier. Uh, While German doctors started warning pipe smokers about the possibility of developing lip cancer in 1795. So they were starting to see some cancers happening in association with snuff and like pipes. And in the 1930s, American doctors finally started linking tobacco to the Um, tobacco use to lung cancer. And as we heard, the Surgeon General's report from 1964 stated that smoking causes lung cancer. And I feel like this is when people really started to realize, hey, smoking is not good. So those are our highlights in history. They went after women's rights. They went after people suffering severe trauma in war, And those trying to gain independence from a monarch in Britain. Oh, tobacco.
1: Oh, tobacco. Oh, tobacco. Oh, manta ray. (laughs) (laughs) So evil. It's just, like, I don't know. Like, you you hit it on the nail pretty much. And I was like, whomever Big Tobacco will target, they will. They will. They'll do it. If you're vulnerable enough. If you're if by no fault of your own, but that you're just in an unlucky spot or, you know, you're you're born on the lower rung, you know, you're going to get pandered to and you're going to be propagandized by tobacco. And this isn't even like new by any means, but this is what's been going on for over a century so just don't do it don't give in you know
2: and now they're marketing towards minorities people who live in rural areas um people in poverty and young people so has it changed much i don't know they they
1: have a very similar oh nice nice voice crack nice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did a dab over the over the, the recorder for for those of you back home. What was I even saying? I was making fun of myself, but you know th- this isn't a, a particularly new book, a particularly new playbook that that tobacco reads from. This is this is their modus operandi. You know, get as many people addicted as we can. Get people who are as vulnerable as we can and make them fork over all of their money to support their addiction, then give them cancer. And hopefully let them pass it on to their kids. That's what it is. And so that's why at least I personally am in tobacco control. And I think I can say the same for my uh co-host, you know. When when there's something this scummy and evil, it is it is an imperative that you at least say something about it.
2: What you said about passing on to children makes me want to do a genetics of like tobacco genetics and like I feel like I'm such a nerd that people would totally check out <laughs> But yeah, it's it's insane. It's really, really sad. Generations and generations, we just went through it, guys. the whole history of tobacco. And how it's still here today? Like, I mean, it has to have a label. They still find ways around that, though.
1: Always, but you know, when they find new ways to go around this crap, we're gonna be right behind them, nipping at their tail.
2: Did we lose Jenny? Are you asleep, Jenny? <laughs> so, I'm here.
0: <laughs> I'm listening. I'm I'm thinking about that <laughs> chef boyardee in my in my kitchen. Oh. <laughs> um...
1: Oh
2: my gosh! You were just quiet. And I was worried. I was like, I hope Jenny's okay.
1: <laughs> just <laughs> <here> snoring
2: suddenly. <laughs> oh man! I think that's it. That was that was the history of tobacco. Any other thoughts?
1: I I don't think so. I think we expressed all of our. All of our thoughts. We derailed the whole thing ten minutes in talking about Christopher Columbus and Chef Boyardee. But Love other it. than that, as the internet kids put it, done like a, a quick rundown, Bogdanov style. You know everything we needed to know. And I would say that that only works as a a larger rallying point because man, this stuff is just terrible. <laughs> like like the industry is just horrible mm-hmm. so let's let's fight against it
2: a call to action yes yeah. a call fight to against action. Action. man ray
1: damn you man ray <laughs>
0: We want to thank our listeners for listening to this podcast. This podcast is made possible through listeners like you. During this podcast, we got to talk about the history of tobacco, and we can't really we really can't wait to discuss even more issues with you all in the future. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to our Gen Green podcast powered by Yaft. And also start following us on social media. Our Facebook page is Yaft dash young adults fighting tobacco and our instagram page is called yaft coalition so thanks again and we hope everyone has an excellent day